1: You in the quarterback landscape after NFL week 14. We have 14 weeks of game, Sean. We are into the fantasy football playoffs, but the landscape is vastly different than it was in the preseason, than it was in week one, and it is happening fast and furiously, unfortunately. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about one of the Rotoviz overtime community that has come up big in the underdog tournament and the race for the $1 million. We'll be talking about that in a later part of the show. Really excited to dive into that. We'll be talking about more of the success of our, our listeners in the listener league sean as as we move forward here but the key point i guess to start today's show, show off and this was something that was in our mind earlier this week before monday night football but unfortunately monday night football continues to to bring that to the forefront and that is the quarterback landscape and for people who watch monday night football they'll know that the new england patriots wanted pretty solid and i think this patriots team is much better than people Have thought throughout the year you know not the most exciting team but but doing pretty well they're now seven and six in the season winning 27 to 13 against the cardinals who have struggled but this was a game where coming into it you're you're hoping if you're on that monday night football to to get that big score from kyler murray for example to get that big day from deandre hopkins to to push those teams over the line the big day kind of came from james connor in this one unfortunately sean though the part that we have to touch on is kyler murray gets injured right at the start of this game rushing non-contact injury goes down At the time of recording it's uncertain as to the extent of it but it does seem like it's going to be a a long-term recovery for him from this one always concerning when a player goes down without being contacted usually i would go through the rest of how the game went but we'll talk about that after we talk about the the overall landscape of both the cardinals quarterback situation with colt mccoy now likely to be the starter and as we've seen throughout the season the kind of carousel of quarterbacks due to injuries benchings coaching changes (laughs) coaching decisions Um, What are you thinking as we we sit here in week 14 for both week 15, 16, 17, and also for looking ahead to 2023?
2: It's been rough, right? And you have that game last night to finish out the fantasy regular season, and just such a bummer, right? It was basically 2022 in a nutshell. Week 14 had a variety of issues unfortunately. Week 13, I think one of the most fun weeks of the season. Definitely good for us. I think good for the listeners. Week 14, much more all over the place. I was fortunate enough to have some big scores when I needed them and at the same time you know you have a lot of bad things happen as well. I was hoping that this would be the perfect game to finish out the season, right? Where you have Kyler Murray puts up a huge number of points now that he has DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown. Healthy, you have Ramondre Stevenson, who really I think is in a very, very small group of players who could be considered the fantasy MVP. Obviously, Josh Jacobs probably the leader, but Stevenson, Pollard, a couple other names pushing there. And you just want this to be a night of scoreboard watching. I mean, we we after this game, we all go through and see, you know, how many best ball mania teams did we have advanced, how many ffpc best ball tournament teams did we have advanced you know did our main event team win the ffpc league finals did i get into my home dynasty league did i get into my rotavis triflex dynasty league playoffs all of these different things many many more permutations beyond what i just mentioned to have so much of that short-circuited at the beginning because you have player injuries i mean this is part of the nfl but it's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate too. And one of the big discussion points in all of my messages over the last, say, 36, 48 hours is just how furious people were that we had week 14 buys and so many of them. Because you do have a lot of formats too where it's set up that you have multi conferences. I mean, you think about the Scott Fishbowl, obviously, in the playoffs, but you have a lot of individual, really cool dynasty leagues where either you have two conferences, so the playoffs start early, or you have a multi-week final, so the playoffs start early. Now, obviously, if you're an FFPC main event final, then I mean it's kind of a trade-off, because in redraft especially, you knew when the buys were, you could choose to kind of get that guy for an extra week in the regular season. Maybe you advanced by three points, and having an extra week in the regular season is why you got there in the first place. So you kind of go in knowing that. At the same time, it's still frustrating. I mean, when you're looking... At the draft, and you're on the clock, you shouldn't be saying "I'm going to pass on Jonathan Taylor" because he's got a week 14 bye. You should just be able to make the selection you want. And so those things, I, I think, are frustrating as well. Maybe the NFL will clear them up. Maybe the NFL doesn't care. It just doesn't seem like a great spot to have buys anyway. When you talk about teams that have the buys really early versus the teams that have the buys late, there are going to be advantages and disadvantages to both. But it would just make more sense to have the buys in the middle of the season. That being said, I, I do still think that the last month featured a lot of exciting football. And sadly, injuries are a big part of the fantasy experience. Colin, you and I had enough injuries on our teams this year that, I mean, anybody who lost a key player needing five points or 10 points or, I mean, Kyler Murray and Ramondre Stevenson could have given you 30. I mean, they could have combined for 70. I mean. So there were all of these exciting things that could have happened that didn't. We now do obviously look forward to the playoffs without them as well. I had a a lot of exposure to Kyler Murray on teams that are still alive. And Zachary Kruger and I, who did some best ball shows together, you had a great best ball series with Zach. We've got a team that advanced in the best ball tournament FFPC where our quarterbacks were Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. So now you're, you're kind of hoping that lamar maybe plays this next week so you've got a shot to advance i mean we've all had teams put up big scores without a quarterback at all but when you think about the quality of the opponents you're going to be facing in the fantasy playoffs but then again even that has a little bit of an asterisk because you go through and you look and because of how crazy this year was where the first two rounds very very solid a few landmines a few injuries but a lot of points there and then not a ton of points otherwise now I mean, you could hit on some players, and we're going to go through the winning underdog $1 million roster. That team hit on a lot of players. That team, very, very good. There are going to be some teams like that in there, but there are also actually quite a few playoff teams where you look at their roster and you're thinking, maybe I could beat that team even without a quarterback. Now, can you beat a whole league full of those teams? That's going to be a little bit of a different question. Didn't happen on Monday Night Football, but the other big injury this week that will impact Best ball tournaments will impact fantasy playoffs. Damian Pierce out. He was obviously one of the best picks. And depending on how early in the season you got him, if you drafted him in the fifth or sixth round, then, I mean, you could argue that maybe it's even a neutral to maybe a slightly minus pick. Still a good pick. If you got him in the 10th round, if you got him in the 15th round, a huge value for you, a huge impact player. And to not have him for these next couple of weeks is unfortunate because he was... Really the one cool thing that the Texans had going for them, obviously they play a fantastic game, shuttling the quarterbacks in and out against the Dallas Cowboys this last week. But a sad way for the fantasy season to end. That is the way it goes. And now we've got more excitement to look forward to. These next three weeks should be awesome
1: yeah really looking forward to it you mentioned it's going to be interesting to see the landscape I do think week 14 and these basketball tournaments is probably going to clear out some of the teams that maybe scraped through with those injuries as the season went along and we'll see what happens but that's the unique thing particularly about this NFL season but about every week in the NFL that pretty much anything can happen and we've seen that happen where you're probably looking at some of these teams and you're like this team's loaded and then all of a sudden A few injuries or plays don't go their way and those teams sometimes are only putting up you know 50 60 points by a whole team rather than potentially having single players putting up that amount of points as we've seen with somebody this week like an evan ingram who will touch on a little bit later in the show but sean the patriots do get the win pierre strong coming in having the opportunity with the injury to stevenson 70 rushing yards and five attempts for him and one touchdown kevin harris gets in the end zone eight for 26 one touchdown for him Take one, Thornton. Sean, somebody we like in the offseason, sneaking back in gets five targets, four receptions, only the twenty eight yards. But you mentioned in your bowl predictions, we'll the catch the
2: ball he, and turn the the right direction and go score a touchdown. What's he doing?
1: <laughs> he's still working his way back, Sean. He's working his way back to, to full health after his injury. You mentioned that he may win somebody uh, a big prize this season. Maybe he could be somebody who, if you have snuck him through in these best ball tournaments, could have could have that big week, but good to see him getting used anyway Sean we'll stick with that Nelson Aguilar had 10 targets five receptions just a 32 yards for him so I'd say to that kind of disappointing nights from a majority of the players and this one based on the fact of the injuries and everything that was going on around that moving on though Sean to a team that really disappointed this week that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they're six and seven they play against the 49ers who are now nine and four they blow the doors off the uh off the Buccaneers here they really don't have to try in the second half at halftime it's 20 at, to zero in this one tom brady 55 pass attempts 253 yards one touchdown two interceptions on the other side sean brock party not an explosive day from him by any measure but uh 16 to 21 185 and two from him if you were saying you know at any point of this season that tom brady's getting Know, outscored here by by brock party or you know in terms of the efficiency of the usage uh, i don't think anyone is going to believe that is a, a true story sometimes these things that happen are like if this was a hollywood script you would say it's it's unbelievable that, that it couldn't actually be made but the big part of it also gets a rushing touchdown for him to improve that day christian mccaffrey 14 rushing attempts for 119 yards one touchdown for him debo samuel unfortunately gets injured in this one has a rushing touchdown along with 21 yards On the ground also at 43 yards through the air and four receptions brandon Ayuk gets in the end zone again two for 57 from him we've seen a couple of receptions from george kittle but still not the life that we're hoping for but then through the air christian mccaffrey does it again three targets two receptions 34 yards and one touchdown one thing's for sure sean it doesn't look like brock purdy being the quarterback here is going to affect christian mccaffrey's scoring and his usage moving forward here he looked amazing in this game uh there has been weeks where there's been concerns but I thought he looked really really good here on the other side we did talk about it a few times and it's kind of a recurring event where Mike Evans doesn't get a lot done was unfortunate here there's a Holton penalty takes away a deep touchdown for him but four for 44 on nine targets from him 54 yards and five receptions for Chris Godwin nine targets Rashad White does continue to kind of lead the backfield here um Sean what was your key takeaways from here other than the 49ers completely putting a, a whip in here on the Buccaneers?
2: Yeah, this was, this was crazy. I mean, you, you kind of expect that the 49ers are going to win this game despite the matchup between Tom Brady and Mr. Irrelevant. Tom Brady's just playing that poorly in the San Francisco 49ers defense. Too strong, their variety of weapons on offense. Too deep, too varied, too talented. And yet, the exact way that the game played out, I think, pretty shocking because Purdy looked fantastic. It's not just that he goes 16 for 21, you know, averages almost nine yards per attempt, throws the two touchdowns. And both of these touchdowns, I mean, the guys get open, right? You're talking about Brandon Ayuk running an incredible route where he shakes the defender and ends up open by 15 yards. You have Christian McCaffrey open down the sideline, making a nice catch, spinning as he falls back into the end zone. A little bit of a bobble there. It is great that he caught that. But when you have these weapons you should be able to do something with it we were giving the 49ers a lot of trouble a couple of weeks ago because you've got these four guys and they're not doing that much with it as you mentioned you know still frustrating to see where kittle is although he was used on some key plays to extend drives the disappointing element here is that debo samuel finally looked more like the 2021 debo he has the rushing touchdown They're using him in a variety of ways in the receiving game. His lateral explosiveness is leaving people in the dust. He looks powerful. And then he gets hurt. And so, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers have been the most cursed team. You look at your fantasy teams that are all wiped out, and basically that's the 49ers over the last three, four, five years. Everybody on their team gets hurt all of the time. Their receivers are all out. I mean, they make the move for McCaffrey in part because they know their running backs are all going to get injured. They're down to their third-string quarterback. But even when you have all of those weapons, to see what Brock Purdy did was extraordinary because the level of calm, the level of athleticism. I mean, he's making twirling throws, evading tackles, you know, showing patience, you know, getting out on the edge, making the right decision. This was superstar stuff. Now, when you're Mr. Irrelevant, you expect, okay, well, you're going to turn back into a pumpkin at some point. you got a little bit of that Bailey, Zappy flavor where, you know, they go to him in that game, you know, bench Mac Jones. He has the quick touchdown. And then as the game develops, finally now, when it's a little bit of a, a quarterback controversy almost, he struggles to do the same things that he did when Mac Jones was just purely out. But you look at the performance from Purdy here. You look at the performance from Zappy. it it again kind of undermines this idea that these NFL teams should be going for the retreads where you have players like Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, who have failed again and again. And to continue to pay them and to give up assets for them, I guess for me personally, is not the way to play it. I mean, you could have selected Purdy and paired him with a Sam Howell. You can see what these guys can do given what a couple of these other late-round QBs have done and the the contrast I mean, Sam Howell is basically like a superhero version of Purdy. And Purdy goes to Iowa State. He was someone that they thought was going to be a difference maker for their program. Iowa State's had some guys come through, like an Alan Lazard, obviously, David Montgomery, you have Brees Hall. You have some other wide receivers who have busted. But the program there has been sort of under the radar – An interesting college football story over the last four or five years. Pretty good, but never really develops into the star that they hoped he might be. One of the reasons, obviously, that he ends up going with the very last pick in the draft, which is cool because that makes this an even better story. He looks like he's going to have a long-term future in the league at the very least as a backup. I'm excited to see what's going to happen here. Again, it's a matter of can you do it for three quarters versus can you do it we have lots and lots of quarterbacks who are not good have had a three-quarter stretch where they were fantastic and so it's a matter of extending this over the longer term but right now it's hard to feel like jimmy garoppolo gives the 49ers a significantly better chance to win than brock Purdy does
1: yeah and the other interesting thing is like you know you mentioned him being mr irrelevant but he has given himself in terms of career opportunities a lot more opportunities down the line whether it doesn't work out here in san francisco or whether it does but teams will continue to take chances based on what he's put on tape over the last couple of weeks so it's quite exciting it feels like that cinderella story and we'll see how that plays on over the course of the next couple of weeks because this is a 49ers team now that they have a chance to be making that little bit of a playoff run even though with the injuries having christian mccaffrey there now and having the other weapons they do is going to
0: give
1: As we continue to look at the quarterback landscape sean the next one to mention is pittsburgh Steelers and the baltimore ravens this was one where kenny pickett a bit like what we've seen with um kyler murray but this was a contact it was a sack and we've seen you know these rough in the passer calls where you know we're like that's a little bit soft he is kind of physically flung to the ground here does bang his head of the ground goes into concussion protocol mitch trubisky comes in trubisky kind of does trubisky things and that leads to the The Pittsburgh Steelers not been very good in this game on the other side the Baltimore Ravens were not very good but they do progress to nine and four and you mentioned Lamar Jackson that Lamar Jackson started the season very hot but has struggled at points throughout and this team has struggled on offense the big reason to get this W this week is JK Dobbins who was activated this week is back healthy and and he has 15 carries in this for 120 yards and one touchdown I mentioned this on the the recap show briefly when we're talking about it he has a breakaway run is 44 yards i think if he's 100 healthy he has the breakaway speed and he gets all the way to the end zone he never looked like he was fully extended to the point where we would have seen him in the past but you know tyler huntley has eight for 12 88 yards passing in this one we have anthony brown with five pass attempts three completions, 16 yards for him so we get really nothing then in the passing game mark andrew six targets two receptions 17 yards last year mark andrews was the the tight end that was surging teams into the playoffs as we moved into that point the ffpc final that we were in last year sean was pretty much all mark andrews teams barring one team but we'll see what happens with lamar this week if he is healthy but the baltimore ravens are, are struggling in offense at the moment outside of what jk dobbins was able to produce this week the other quarterback sean that really struggled to produce and this was in the early portion of the game in the first quarter in particular russell wilson looked as bad as he has for the entire season in that first quarter against the kansas city chiefs throws a a pick six then in the i believe that was in the second quarter which is just a really bad play leads to being the you know interception returned for the touchdown by willie gay but we looked through the rest of it in they never really don't think we're going to win this game but 34 28 it finishes to the KC Chiefs Russell Wilson picks it up quite dramatically after that point 23 of 36 for 247 yards three touchdowns one interception that one obviously leading to the touchdown but he has a rush towards the end of the game does get hit hits his head to the ground uh Brett Ripon had to come in then for the end of the game four of eight 16 yards one touchdown one interception for him russell wilson also had 57 yards rushing so i think it as bad as that first and part of the second quarter was people were really ramping into him and i think he has struggled so bad and this contract's going to look terrible i think moving forward and with this loss now that pick that's going to go to the seahawks is ranked to be the second overall pick in this upcoming draft so all of that considered i think wilson had a a much better portion of this game than what we've seen from the season and maybe that's what we hoped we would see all season long but that leads to jerry judy sean nine targets eight receptions 73 yards and three touchdowns he was a massive spike week player this week who had quite big i know you mentioned to me on sunday that you had some games where you were debating whether it was going to be judy or different options you played judy i'm sure you're very happy about that Dulcich eight targets just the three receptions on those eight targets for 42 yards would love to see him get more involved in the sean the, the play we knew was going to happen this week was uh three targets for marlon mack two receptions one of those receptions going for a sixty-six yard touchdown. Um, that that is obviously an interesting note. On the other side, though, the talking point I think has to be Jerick McKinnon, six for twenty-two on the ground, just the nine targets, just the seven receptions, just the hundred and twelve yards, just the two touchdowns for McKinnon. We have seen him used in certain situations, but not actually receive the targets in the passing game. But he has to be the story coming out of this game with a, a monstrous performance.
2: There were a, a handful of highlight plays in this game. The long touchdown for McKinnon is on another one of these improvised plays by Patrick Mahomes that he does so well on top of his ability to read the defense, his ability to extend plays, the incredible arm strength. You're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time, making a pitch that ends up more or less winning the game. You say that – it didn't seem like the Broncos could have won. The Chiefs did struggle in the second half. And actually, Mahomes throws a second half interception that was maybe the worst throw that some I've seen. Somebody, yeah. Make. Some. I
1: mean,
2: maybe in his entire career. That, that's just how few bad passes he has had. So many of his interceptions are, you know, tip balls of, of one kind or another. They're plays where he's actually got the guts to try and carry the team at a key moment, all of those types of things. You'd see interceptions on a purely bad throw, virtually never. He had one of those, and it does give the Broncos a chance. They had the ball down six, twice in the fourth quarter. After trailing 27 to nothing, you would not have expected that. I also want to give credit to Willie Gay on that pick six. Not a great throw, obviously, by Russell Wilson, but the athleticism to make... That interception you're going to see from a linebacker very, very rarely. That was a circus play. You mentioned Marlon Mack. He's someone I haven't really understood the lack of interest or the lack of willingness to play him from teams. And you say you don't understand, you're like, he just obviously is done, right? Because he's been on a variety of teams and teams that needed running back performance at the time this season. I mean, the Houston Texans right now, you have to imagine, would love to have Marlon Mack. He demonstrated the long speed on this play. And people obviously are going to disagree on some of these sort of niche kind of takeaways from a handful of plays in preseason, but he looked, I mean, I don't know if you say back, I mean, this is a 1,000-yard rusher before the Achilles injury who did it as an explosive player. I mean, he's a speed player. He's a run-to-daylight player but he looked good again in the preseason and then gets cut from a team that desperately needs any kind of talent that they can get goes a variety of places. Obviously now the Denver Broncos are in a situation where Latavius Murray and Mike Boone are their backs. That's about as clear a path as you have to some workload. So he's an interesting guy to kind of stash in deep dynasty leagues. Obviously, if waivers are still going in your individual format and you have a spot at the end of your bench, you can probably do worse than to add Marlon Mack there. This was, uh, this was a fun back and forth game. And I have uh, a longer piece on the site about Russell Wilson, obviously some huge weaknesses to his game. I broke those down and kind of tried to put them in context. We've got some fantastic tools on the site, the advanced player explorer, the advanced team explorer, So much deep info that is interesting as it relates to him and then kind of tied that back back into Jerry Judy and what we should expect from him. Obviously, you're not going to have a ton of games where a player puts up 30 plus points on nine targets and 67 air yards. But kind of under the radar, Judy has been a lot better than people think, and he's been better than Cortland Sutton. Going back beyond this season, I mean, it's easy to say now. I mean, especially now that we have this season's information, it's, it's pretty clear cut. But especially considering the difference in price, I mean, Judy has not worked out. There's no question about that. He's more or less always injured. If he could go through a stretch where he got decent quarterback play and stayed healthy for you know, 15, 20 games in a row, I still think there's a better than even chance that he will establish himself not among the stars. I and mean, we have a group of receivers right now that I, I think rivals any top five or six group that have ever played. And he's not going to be in that category. But I think he can establish himself as a true wide receiver one and sort of a back end wide receiver one in fantasy.
1: Yeah, I think so. And hopefully, you know, this, this Broncos team does start to get. Some of the offense we hope we would see at the start of the season but we'll see what happens moving forward here sean um you mentioned mahomes mahomes continues to play amazing football but did have three interceptions in this and you mentioned that one being pretty bad so uh uh, just a little bit of a weird a weird game where they're they're coasting i think and then they they almost get nipped at the end as as you mentioned moving on now to the jaguars and the titans and this was one where the jaguars go 36 22 to win this one they're five and eight now the titans as they want to head towards a playoff run potentially this was a a tough loss for them to have and i have to say that basically the jaguars took the kind of game plan that the the philadelphia eagles used the week before and, and tossed the ball all over the yard we have trevor lawrence 368 yards and 42 pass attempts three touchdowns Evan Ingram has 15 targets, 11 receptions, 162 yards, and two touchdowns, which is incredible. When uh, John Daigle had a tweet, Evan Ingram is only the sixth tight end in the Super Bowl era to have 10 catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns in a single game, and that has accounted for 31.4 percent of his fantasy points for the entire season. I believe Sean he may be up to tight end four. I would, we'll need to double check that after we finish, but I think tight end four on the season, which shows. How tough tight end has been and, and how unique it has been this season zay jones eight for 57 and one from him and 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 i think trevor lawrence has had an interesting season starts off kind of some struggles has a, a real hit point in the middle where i'm like all aboard the trevor lawrence train has a couple of games in that, that shook my confidence in him but sean entering his second season at this point and, and where he is and, and how tough that first season was i do think trevor lawrence is starting to and maybe achieve what we thought coming in that this was you know a generational prospect somebody who had all the upside in the world and he has looked fantastic in some games other games struggled a little bit but this here was a a true glimpse into what he can potentially do on the other side derrick henry had 17 carries 121 yards one touchdown that was all pretty early in the game for him he also had five targets three receptions and 34 receiving yards Conquo tight end kind of backup tight end to austin hooper continues to have some shine here six target six receptions 45 yards and a touchdown for him but overall the Jaguars another impressive kind of step forward for them in their attempt to go from the the troubled franchise they have been to having their their quarterback and, and moving forward here with some of these uh, players really stepping up to make plays but Sean I want to get into the winner circle now we're going to have the one bet segment of today it is going to be the road of his overtime winner circle you can sign up today to receive a special sports offer bet $100 win $100 download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Sean, we're going to talk about a major winner here in a second, but I want to give you the opportunity to to head on. We we did win one of the 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 OT leagues here but our listeners have had another fantastic season some of those progressing in the FFPC tournaments.
2: Let us know who they are. colin let's start with the big one. The $125 Best Ball Tournament over there at the FFPC. The two teams here that come through. I mean, everybody who participated, obviously, one of our favorites. We enjoy all of these guys and appreciate so much their willingness to draft with us. We have Eric and Griffin coming through. Surfer Boy Pizza up there at the top. Griffin obviously put together the fantastic charity event that we were in where... It was the, the guillotine contest. So we have Wooded being chopped almost down to the end, lost by a couple of points when we were so close. We had a lot of fun with that. That was a, it was a fun league, and it was a contest to benefit people who are dealing with the flooding in Kentucky. There's also obviously been flooding and other natural disaster types of events, other places. So if you want to contribute to that, please let us know. We can get you in touch with the people and people in the fantasy community, which I think is really cool, who are putting uh, some of their time directly into this intersection between fantasy and charity that directly goes out and then benefits people in the community. So if you wanna contribute to that, please let us know. But Eric and Griffin coming through there, Eric and I drafted one of the FBG teams. He was the winner, one of the two winners of that contest That team sadly eviscerated by injuries. We were just sort of commiserating uh, the other day about how amazing that team looks. It has both J.K. Dobbins and Jerry Judy in addition to all these other stars. Those guys put up some good points this last week, unfortunately, in a situation where it did not matter. But it was such a fun experience to manage those teams with both Eric and Jonathan. Again, thank you to you guys for participating in that. The two Superflex leagues, and this Superflex format is my absolute favorite. I was mentioning to you that mostly things went well last night even with the unfortunate injuries managed to get a best ball mania team through your kind of scoreboard watching on all of those and the one that was the closest for me came down to a 0.7 advance when james connor finally stopped scoring points connor was pulling back and pulling back so i was able to get that team across but blair and i have a team in a superplex format that it didn't lead all the way but it led a big chunk late and it seemed very safe going into the final week but it was a team that had both Ramondre stevenson and kyler murray and it did get knocked all the way from one to out of the contest a couple of teams that get did not get knocked out of the contest the cat dad and ryan with the cool no punt intended teams they win the overtime one league as you mentioned we had the Good fortune it definitely has good fortune to take down overtime too. And Patty comes in second. His team had a rough go in week 14, but held on. And so now he's got a chance to see what he can do in the tournament portion of the contest. We're excited about how all of those participants do. And Colin, we say, you know, if we can't win, you know, we, we hope that one of those listeners does. But basically I'm rooting for the listeners above Our teams, if we can get people from the Rotobiz community to win these titles, that is my favorite thing. So, looking at this, a lot of excitement. And speaking of winning contests, Column, it looks to me like number one, zero RB teams had already won big tournaments. And so that was always a little bit of a misconception. But it definitely cannot be said anymore with a team. That takes the first running back in round eight takes down the regular season title and the one million dollars calling this is a great story
1: this is this is awesome and um obviously it's always awesome when you get a shout out and sean's not on twitter sean mentioned that people like will say now that zero rb has, has won a major tournament sean still still if you're on those twitter streets there's still question marks even as of today in terms of now the goalposts removed it, it just
2: are there a lot of people who at one stroke have won more than a million dollars in fantasy
1: you know the the robust community do not want to to give that up but king cap had something to say about that he wins one million dollars in the race for first place and sean i have to say in terms of the content this off season, you mentioned the race for first quite a bit so hopefully that was in the listeners mind they were thinking of the race to force but one of the ot community in cap has gone and won that all he had a substantial lead heading into monday night football and it was Ramondre stevenson the only player left against him obviously he got injured and that's good in this situation for cap to go and win but it was a 44 point gap so it was unlikely to happen so he had his i'm sure he, he didn't have his feet up i'm sure his heart was racing on, on monday night football but
2: well i mean joe mixon has scored like 55 right so i mean and Ramondre stevenson is quite a bit better than joe mixon you could not feel comfortable with any lead short of i mean 65 is probably to where you don't have to to worry about it but and again you actually don't want to see it happen the way that it happened yeah but then you don't have to worry
1: yeah you don't you don't have to worry but yeah he he gets the w here leads the way gets the one million dollar season-long prize for the the underdog tournament that also means obviously he's advanced to the main tournament so there's a chance when i talk through this team people might be thinking yeah that team has a, a shot here at, at winning another million when it gets to the yeah, actual the final part we'll see how it shakes out
2: colin would you take three million dollars with that uh
1: that would be nice yeah i wouldn't wouldn't mind that too much um even if people didn't agree that zero RB had, had won some major tournaments i'd still settle for three million dollars but uh, he he did a tweet yesterday sean and then we were communicating shortly after but he did shout out you in particular shouted out peter Overset as well shout out the podcast and uh, we really do appreciate that nice guy getting that communication going and it's exciting to see how this team goes the rest of the way but john this is a team that drafted out of the 110 so for people who may not have seen the team for people who may not have heard the team going to have a run through of it here and i think i think uh, people will say this team's pretty good so Devonte adams at 110 travis kelsey in the second round aj brown then we get waddle then we get amal Rash, st brown Jalen and joe Burrow, the two quarterbacks miles sanders who had a a good week this week for the philadelphia eagles as the first running back drafted as you mentioned earlier in the eighth round then we get garrett wilson in the ninth the tenth is kenneth walker rashad white in the 11th we were talking about about damian pierce he was the selection in the 12th round here so before the hype truly got risen i guess for for pierce but uh this was still at a point where there was buzz around pierce's season as he moved up draft boards at that point nico collins is in there khalil herbert evan ingram who we talked about having a monster week this past week was his 15th round pick chris evans zay jones in there as well and davis mills at the end of the draft but uh that was a weird situation actually with houston this week but he has borrow and hurts to keep that quarterback seat warm sean that team is absolutely and utterly loaded and it's still loaded obviously the pierce injury will hurt here for a couple of weeks but pr- pretty stacked heading into the the final couple of weeks here for the the big run for the the second <laughs> huge prize he could potentially win
2: Just unbelievable. I mean, this is one of those dream teams. And again, you win a million dollars and you beat the number of teams that are in the contest to do it. You know your team is good. But, I mean, you go your whole life looking for a team like this. Adams, Brown, Waddle, Amon Ra, and then Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson could be the highest scorer of all of them in the fantasy playoffs. And I'm dreaming a little bit there. But you love to see it. Then that mix of running backs with Sanders, Walker, Walker. White. Rashad White, a little bit disappointing again this past Sunday. Didn't see the juice from him. One of the things was kind of cool. Pierre Strong is someone that I had mentioned multiple times. I thought could be the third best back in this class. Obviously, he's got a long, long way to go to get anywhere near that point. But when he got on the field last night for the Patriots, and I mean, he's made some various mistakes and obviously has gotten himself into a situation where he's not even really necessarily ahead of kevin harris on that team but when he touched the ball I mean, he flies and that's what he did as a small school back in college that's what he did with the testing at the combine i think that he has a ton of explosiveness the other guy who was so similar and we wanted to see those big plays from rashad white He's been more disappointing. You don't see the burst that he demonstrated in college. You don't see maybe the timed athleticism. But again, Pierre strong, a better athlete than that. So we'll see what those guys do. The Patriots have some other backs in the mix. It's not like strong is going to necessarily go out there and get a lot of touches. We'll see where Damian Harris is on his comeback. Hopefully, Ramondre Stevenson doesn't have to miss that much time. It would be a horrible story if he dominates the year and is one of the best and most fun players in the nfl and can't contribute to these teams i mean that's really the heartbreaker too it's not just that you lost the guy in week 14 but maybe he won't be able to contribute in the big weeks that's the same question here with damian pierce where is he going to be it sounds like week 15 out it sounds like week 16 very very questionable i'm hoping that this squad is there at the very end and maybe week 17 pierce comes back breaks off a couple long runs scores a couple touchdowns it would be an amazing story if Pearson 17 was the guy that get the, got this team over the top. But, Colum, when you look at how loaded it is at wide receiver. You look at the massive hits, and Kenneth Walker, obviously someone that we're extremely excited about. That's the other one where you need him to come back now, right? And hopefully he's able to do that. His injury not considered to be significant, but it's... It, in in best ball, you don't have to make the start set decision. So you don't have to control it. You can just let happen what happens. But the the risk of re-injury, even with the non-serious injuries there, just something that, again, as you mentioned, makes your heart beat a little bit faster every time your guy touches the ball. It's that kind of double-edged sword where if you're gonna score fantasy points, you have to touch the ball. When they do have the ball, you know, you almost can't breathe there for those moments. Kenneth Walker, hopefully he breaks off some big plays. Wide receiver, running back, absolutely loaded. And yet the best positions on this team. You got those two quarterbacks in the window Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, absolute stars. And then, I mean, it, you do have obviously the flex position here and Travis Kelsey, someone who could factor into the flex slot. How hilarious would it be if he has Travis Kelsey and <laughs> it's Evan Ingram who is putting up the big points? over the next three weeks we wouldn't necessarily expect that as you mentioned a huge chunk of ingram's performance does come just in that last week but as is befitting of a team that won a million dollars this is one of the greatest teams of all time
1: yeah it's it's absolutely completely and utterly stacked like you know it's a two tight end build and that can you know if we were reviewing this at draft time we might be sending the you know travis kelsey is going to be the player who takes you all the way but then to have evan ingram come in with an absolute smash week at a certain point of the season like this is massive so um the team looks great obviously a tight end at the moment uh but i have to say as well sean the the late wide receivers when we look at you know garrett wilson who was in the ninth round but nico collins has had some weeks but he's not getting used very much in this team but zay jones in the 17th round has you know when we look at look back and look at some of these potential extreme values we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, jamal williams at the running back position but zay jones has had a, some very very productive weeks for those basketball teams that have drafted him and to see the players that went around him or went before him you know there's just there's just no comparison um to what zay jones has been able to produce so a couple of jacksonville jaguars in this team who as i mentioned are having those surge in weeks and then there's some weeks where it's not hitting exactly as they like but it's going to be uh fun to see those guys as we progress here hopefully kenneth walker to be in rashad white as you mentioned i think i still think there's enough here at the running back position but you know when you're a million dollars up you can say well we'll see what happens you know say la at this point but uh aj brown Jalen Waddle, amon ross st brown Devontae adams incredible incredible depth all around the wide receiver position
2: yeah and you mentioned zay jones he had a little note on him in the article where uh, it's it's just such a cool story because he's that small school possession receiver obviously setting reception records it goes to a dysfunctional buffalo squad he sticks in the nfl you know just by real grit there revitalizes the career a little bit with the raiders has a little bit of the eyebrow raising contract with the jags and yet i mean he's got a chance to pay out his contract a lot better than christian kirk kirk has had a good season as well but you look at their numbers here Jones just slightly behind in target share. You have just below 24% for Kirk to 22% for Jones. They're being targeted at similar depths, 8.6 to 8.2. Jones to better catch rate at 69% to 63 Christian Kirk has been a lot better after the catch, more than 100 yards greater after he hauls that ball in. He's been much better in the touchdown department. Jones has just never been able to score touchdowns. He does score in this game. He's had three explosive weeks, and if you could get one more of those across 15 through 17, where his point total is difference-making for you, out of that spot there at the end of the draft, just an absolute home run pick.
1: Yeah, so really awesome. Shout out again to Cap for getting this massive, massive W for him. We'll see how he goes throughout the playoffs, but really exciting to, to hear from one of our listeners to have so much success, and we are wishing the guys who got through in our leagues and any of our listeners who have drafted in various contests or even home leagues everything like that any leagues that you win this year but awesome to see like one million dollars absolutely i was blown away when i was uh talking with cap yesterday just to to think like how, how much of an achievement this is for him so incredible we'll see how the rest of it goes good luck to everyone in all those leagues all those contests hopefully we'll have more stories like this before we wrap up for the 2020 Two season in terms of the playoff finals across all different formats so that is going to do it for today's show a shout out again off the discount code for a one month pass you can save yourself 25 percent off that one month pass with the code rv radio 2022 it's coming up to the holidays get yourself a gift if you haven't tried it out yet jump on now RB radio 2022 25 off a one month nfl pass at rotoviz.com my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host as always is sean siegel you can check him out on rotovis.com as well as stealing bananas with ben gretch until we are back with our third show of the week have a good one